Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Where Your Feet Take You podcast, episode number one. I'm Kayla Bowker. And I'm Erin Oliphant. And we are here to share with you kind of a little bit of life triathlon and how everything interconnects as it is. We're very excited to start this podcast. It's something that I, Kayla, have wanted to start for a very long time, um, just kind of never never quite got around to it and decided it was time to go for it with um, Coach Aaron here. So we'll introduce ourselves here a little bit. I, Kayla, am a professional triathlete, mom to two little boys, a three-year-old and a one-and-a-half-year-old. Uh, I am the owner and founder of Where Your Feet Take You Triathlon and Mental Performance Coaching um, Company. And yeah, that's kind of my life. So, um, Aaron, let's hear a little bit about you. I'm Aaron. I am an amateur triathlete and a swim coach, as well as a triathlon coach with Where Your Feet Take You, and just love the sport of triathlon and just want to share knowledge with everybody. I think Aaron forgot to mention that not only is she an amateur triathlete, she is a very, very good triathlete. She came in third in her age group in Kona this year and was fifth out of the water, including the pros. She was only like two minutes back on Lucy Charles. So got to <laughs> give some props to that a little bit. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I wish I could swim. I wish I could swim like that. I think and I, I, wish I, could run I like came you. out of the water at like 105. So I <laughs> was way back compared to that. Um, <laughs> but awesome. Okay. So I wanted to start this podcast, and I think we'll give a little bit of a, you know, heads up to everybody on what we're doing here. We are, like I said, we're both coaches, um, both triathletes, and mostly we just have an extreme passion for the sport. I mean, I know I do. I absolutely love everything about this sport, and I love what it has done for me over the years. Um, it really kind of took my life in a completely different direction than I thought it was going to be going. And because of that, just brought so much confidence and belief and faith in myself and strength and, you know, kind of everything you can imagine. And I like to share that with people. And I found kind of, you know, over the years that I feel like there's a lot of podcasts that constantly are, you know, maybe they interview pros or anything like that, but that not as many that just kind of share life, which is what we all live. I mean, I don't know about you, but my life is messy often. I have two little boys. I run I run a business. I try I train like a, I'm a professional triathlete and there's a lot going on and I know that's what everybody else has too, right? We all have crazy lives and we want we like to know that other people are going through the same thing. So, goal for this is to just kind of share it and provide as much knowledge as we can provide as coaches and athletes ourselves. Um, we are hoping to be able to answer your guys' questions and, you know, just kind of see where this, see where this goes. So um, it's definitely been something that I've wanted to start for a while. And I'm just glad that Aaron is willing to jump on this crazy train with me. <laughs> <laughs> as I said, I think we both have an extreme passion for the sport. And just to be yeah. able to sit down and talk about triathlon and just share that love with the world's awesome. And I'm really looking forward to it. 
Yeah. I mean, we do it on a regular basis anyways with our, <laughs> our meetings. <laughs> and so why not just basically make those meetings on the podcast for everybody to hear? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So um, I know like for me, starting this podcast, you know, I was something that all day I could tell I've been nervous about it. Like I could just feel like I had the jitters. It was almost like I'm like pre-race jitters and something I haven't, we haven't had in a while since it's been, I think well, Arizona was last time I raced. Um, and St. George worlds was last for you. Um, and the kind of those jitter feels of like, Oh man, what am I getting myself into? Where is this going to go? Am I ready for this? Should I be doing this? You know, all the questions that kind of run through your head um, is definitely, it's one of those pieces where, you know, I talk to you guys as athletes and, you know, as you're transitioning into coaching now, we talk about this idea of a lot, like this idea of fear of failure and where, what that, how important and how powerful that is. And that's kind of what this podcast for me resonates as because I definitely have a bit of a fear of failure on this guy. Like what if the only people to listen to are, you know, our parents (laughs) (laughs) very easily could be. (laughs) And that's okay. Exactly. You know, at least, Hey, at least they continue to support us. But that fear of failure is really powerful because it, it actually is a great motivator because failure is actually one of our greatest motivators if we allow it to be. Because it allows us to step outside of our comfort zone and move through making big, scary goals that we never thought we'd say out loud, which I think is something that you are currently going through, kind of based off some of the stuff that we've been talking about. <laughs> yeah, I'm just 24 turning 25 next week and just trying to figure out what I want to do with my life. Um, having that quarter life crisis, as some people would say, um, and just fear of changing things up, fear of trying new things. Honestly, with this and with getting into triathlon coaching, which I have found to be my true passion, um, just fear of judgment, I think is my biggest issue right now. And people judging me because I'm just new to the sport. And I'm already acting like I know these things. And I'm not trying to act like I know anything. None of us know anything, really. We're all just trying to grow and learn and help each other out as we go. Um, but I'm always worried about what people are saying about me. And I think my triathlon journey has just been learning to let all of that go. And it doesn't really matter what others think as long as I'm happy doing what I'm doing. Um, and right now this podcast, I think is pretty cool and is making me happy. So it doesn't matter really. Right. Well, and that really kind of resonates like is deeply rooted in this idea of the more that you can believe in yourself, the more what other people think matters less. Mm-hmm. Right. So like the more that you can be deeply rooted in how much you believe in yourself, it's amazing how you become the foundation of everything that you need and nothing else matters. And you, it becomes easier and easier to continue to put yourself out there because you trust yourself. I, uh, I think you and I have talked about before, like the idea of belief in general is being rooted in two different foundations, the word B and the word leaf. So L I E. F, right? Belief. And B stands for to make or cause, and leaf is something dear or valuable. So the idea of belief is straight up just to make or cause something to be dear or valuable. So the more that you believe in yourself, the more you're making yourself dear and valuable to you. That's powerful because it allows you to really kind of expand your 
expand everything, expand your growth, expand your zones, mm-hmm. try new things, experience new things. And, you know, that's what we're all here for. Yep, exactly. So just growing that belief you because put yourself out there. Yep. And that's what we're working on because I do believe I'm good at what I do. And I've had a lot of life experiences that I think will make me a good coach besides just my knowledge of exercise science and um, stuff like that. Yeah. Cause really, if we think about it, our experiences also help dictate our beliefs and the more that we've experienced, the more that we can share with other people. And mm-hmm. that helps us to grow because it changes how we believe in things and it changes then how we are going to perceive things. And so then we can share that with others, but you've been coaching for a long time anyway. So it's not like you're new yes. to coaching. You've been <laughs> coaching forever. <laughs> yeah. I think I've been coaching in some capacity since I was 15 years old. So it's not new to me, but no, and you're not necessarily new to triathlon. You've been doing triathlon for a few years now and Yes, you're newer to it, but you're not new to it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's why I asked you to join the Where If You Take You team because, <laughs> you know, I I really look for when I'm work, looking for coaches or athletes that I'm working with, I'm looking for people who believe in themselves and are willing to push boundaries and have a passion for the sport. And, you know, that's what it's all about. If you can share that passion, you'll, you'll learn the technique pieces and you'll learn all the yeah. other pieces that are involved with it. But that passion is the big key piece. And that's where, that's where you're going to make a great coach. So um, why, let's see here. Uh, I think we should probably introduce ourselves a little bit more. we kind of got off on a (laughs) tangent here. Yeah. That's one thing you're probably going to find with this is if you don't hear like kids coming in, (laughs) kids coming in on the background of my end, um, you're, you're, (laughs) this is me very raw podcast. Um, for those of you that follow me, Kayla Bowker, um, you probably know that I am very raw. I'm not afraid to be vulnerable. My stuff is very, it's just, you're going to get what you get and you're going to see what you see. And this podcast is going to be similar. Um, goal of it is to, again, like I said, to share a little bit about us, but then eventually too, we will have a place for you to um, ask questions. So you can always head over to whereyourfeettakeyou.com slash podcast and provide any questions that you would like us to answer on this podcast. So um, they'll kind of come from both Aaron and myself, just our experience as coaches, athletes, um, um, people in the world, mom, um, you know, growing through Aaron's at this great stage where she's going through, like she said, life changes and making decisions and what that all looks like. I went through that at exact same age she did. <laughs> um, and so we're hopefully going to just be able to share some of our knowledge from that. So again, that's where your feet take you.com slash podcast. Um, you'll be able to, you know, enter any questions that you'd like. And our goal is to be able to answer as many as we can each podcast. So, um, Let's see. Right now, I am in Spokane, Washington at the moment. I actually head out to Arizona tomorrow because about, about a week ago, we were. I looked at the forecast. We got we'd gotten like three more inches of snow on the ground, and I had a two hour run in the snow, in the wet, in the cold. It was like thirty degrees and foggy. And I came home from my run, and I was like, "I'm, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done with this." I need to go somewhere warm. I can't take it. And I turned to my husband. And I said, I'm going to Arizona early. <laughs> Booked my, myself and the kids a ticket to go see my parents and uh, heading down there. But um, let's see. So where are you located, Aaron? 
I'm in Tempe, Arizona. So hoping to get some good training rides and with you while you're here and maybe get dinner. Yeah, I hope so some too. Fun stuff. <laughs> I just looked at what my coach gave me for next year, next week. And it is a, it's a good one. We are going for it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. And if anyone's wondering so, when I ride with Kayla, I'm not really riding with Kayla. Kayla hauls a good bit in front of me and then we'll wait maybe before making a turn and while I catch up. So Kayla's a badass you know, bike rider. <laughs> oh, we try. We try. But I think that's the thing, like, <laughs> you know, when you ride with other people, sometimes it's just nice even knowing they're there. Not even if yes. you're exactly right next to each other the whole time. Like just knowing that somebody else is out there can make a huge difference. It just makes you feel excited or having more fun or accountable. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Just nice to know someone's going through what you're going through in that moment. <laughs> Just yeah. out there. And if you need support, if you get a flat, there's someone to help you with that too. Or if you're bonking exactly. and out of nutrition, you have someone there they, to maybe help you They can you share out. their gummies with you, stuff. even if you don't like yeah. them. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Nope. It's, it's a, it's much nicer. That's one thing that is definitely tough here in Spokane is just not having, um, I found some guys that I train with every once in a while, but they ride at like 5am cause they have kids too. And that's a tough time for me. I don't do mornings very well. I need like a cup of coffee. <laughs> I need to not talk to people for about an hour and then, yeah, then I can motivate. Um, but that's just, you know, that's just what it is. So, um, well, one of the things I want to talk about today a little bit is just kind of why we got into triathlon. Um, because I think it's just really important to know one tells you, gives you guys a chance to know a little bit about us, but as well, it, it kind of really, for me, it really revolves around this idea of like finding my why and why I do the sport still. Um, I have been doing triathlon for 10 years now, actually. That's kind of kind of crazy to think of, but I got into this sport in 2013 um, because I was really going through some stuff. I was living in we'll just call it a, what it was a shithole. I, I had no <laughs> money. My parents were sending me money every once in a while because they were afraid I wasn't eating. Um, cause I barely had enough money to pay my bills and still like have enough food to get me through enough money to get me through two weeks before my next paycheck to have food. Um, and I was really, really unhappy. I was angry and like this shell of a person who didn't believe in herself, just did everything that everybody else wanted her to do, like had ter terrible friendships, was in a weird relationship that didn't, wasn't actually a relationship, but honestly, it was just, we all know what those were back when we we're 23. Um, and I was like, something's got to change. You were, something's wrong, Kayla. This is not you. It's just, you're just miserable. And so I said, well, what's something you can do that's going to make you feel something. And for me, that was always, my family. Like I grew up in this adventurous, crazy family where we did like the craziest shit growing up all the time. And oh, I turned to this, like, what, how, what's something hard? And I said, well, triathlon's hard. I'm going to go do a triathlon. So I signed up for a triathlon, taught myself how to swim, taught myself how to ride. Well, I knew how to ride a bike because I grew up riding bikes, but just taught myself how to do it all. Showed up one day and fell in love with it. I remember being out on the bike and being like, yes, yes, this is what I'm supposed to be doing with my life right now. This is where we're supposed to be. And it was like this light bulb went off. Like there, there it is. 
And here we are 10 years later, and I've turned it into a career where I coach people to feel that way. And I'm a professional triathlete, find like a goal that I set for myself, like not long after wanting to be, get into it and said, told myself, someday you can be, a, why don't you go for it, Kayla? Set this big, scary goal and be a professional triathlete. And here we are in my rookie season. And it's really crazy to think that it's been 10 years since I like took this leap of faith into something that was crazy hard. And now we're here. That's awesome. Thank you. Kind of, not necessarily a similar story, but you started a similar time frame, right? You started a couple years ago, like same age yeah. range that I did. I started, I did my first Olympic distance triathlon in August of 2021. Then did my first half of October of 2021 and my first full Ironman in April of 2022. So I kind of progressed to the where Ironman she qualified for Kona, everybody. <laughs> Qualified for Kona, her first her first full Ironman. Um, her second so, full Ironman was Kona in 2022. Yeah. Right? Yep. Yeah. <coughs> Where she took third in her age group. I'm bragging because I coach her and I'm so I'm bragging. <laughs> <coughs> Sorry, my cold is acting up. I've had a sinus infection from hell this week. Yeah, it seems like with kids, people are never healthy. Luckily, no. I'm They're pretty healthy digits. right now, I think. Um, but I, <coughs> so a little more background about me. I swam at a small division one school out in Stockton, California. Um, was, well, <laughs> I was about to say my stroke. I was a breaststroker. Um, that's what I got recruited for. And then unfortunately, going into college, I had two hip surgeries and couldn't really swim breaststroke in college. So kind of swam whatever the team needed me in, um, kind of 4 a.m., 5 free, 2 back, then swam the sprint freeze my senior year. So really wasn't a distance swimmer, um, but always loved the grind of training. Um, I always felt like I could show up to the pool and get after each and every workout. Um, then... After swimming ended in February of 2020, um, obviously kind of COVID hit. So I moved back home to Chicago and lived with my parents for a few months. And at my parents' house, they had a Peloton. Um, and I got really into the Peloton. And I was doing that um, basically every day. And my mom's also a triathlete. And I remember watching her at Montremblant and seeing how cool it was to finish an Ironman. And between my love for the Peloton and seeing how cool it is to finish an Ironman, I kind of decided that that's something I wanted to do. Um, so then the logistics questions came up, like how was I going to get a bike and how I was going to train and right. all of that stuff. Um, and my mom helped me out with the bike and I got my bike for Christmas. Uh, very nice gift. Very appreciative of it. Um, but just started yes. riding, signed up for my first Olympic distance in my first half. And like, my goal always was just, I wanted to do an Ironman. Um, more, I saw the finish line and I was like, that's something I want to do. And as I said, I love the grind. And I feel like that's kind of what Ironman's about in a way. Mm -hmm, it's just it really the is. grind of getting to the start. Um, 
So did that. And after Iron Man, Texas, I just, I was in love with it. I love how Iron Man distance is so much more than just your athletic capability. It's so much about your mm-hmm. mindset and your awareness of your nutrition and just how you respond to adversity and how smart you can train and all of that. And I love how mm-hmm. Iron Man, all those pieces are so important. And I think that's what really made me fall in love with it is it was just more than your athletic capability. Yeah. That's why triathlon so cool. Cause it's so much more than just swim, bike, run. Yeah. There's so, there's so much growth that you can do as a, as a person that, that you can really find what's on the other side Right. And I think that's for me, that's one of the reasons I fell in love with it. I've always want I've always been that person who's like, what can I do to push myself to find that next that next level? You know, where where's that line? How far can I go? And that, you know, it's always that's always been kind of the foundation of my why still to this day. I mean, even though my why has probably grown and changed and I know it has because part of it now, like includes my kids and stuff and wanting to do it for them. And then on top of that, for other women out there, like that's a big piece that has shifted for me is like wanting to show other women that just because you have kids does not mean that you have to give up your dream. You can be a business owner. You can, mm-hmm. you can work, you can, you can, you can chase that, tr- that athletic dream and stand while having kids. It doesn't take away. It just enhances it and grows it. But it's always also been a very personal thing to constantly push myself to that next, like how much further can you go? Who can you become? And that's always really cool because, you know, every single triathlon that you do, whether it's sprint Olympic full, doesn't matter. You you're always going to find some next version of yourself that you didn't know existed because you always have to go just a little bit to the well <laughs> to <Yes. laughs> and when you're out there. I think we've all been there. Um, and that's, you know, it's always really cool. And it really allows you to kind of, yeah, grow. It's cool. It's fun. It's exciting. So cool. And that's part of my why is just this idea of potential and how close I can get to my potential. Because I just don't feel like that's something I ever reached in the pool. Um, even though that was something I was constantly chasing, I don't think I had the knowledge to get there and who knows what our potential is. Um, but I love the idea of getting the most out of myself and trying to get as close to it as I can. And triathlon has really taught me so far how to be a smarter athlete, which is something I Mm -hmm. didn't really understand the concept of in the pool. And it's still something I'm learning, um, still struggle with that, but it's, I think for you, the big thing that we've really worked on over the last year or so is, you know, one, letting go of expectation and what that can do for you. Mm -hmm. And as well as really focusing on understanding what each session kind of has intention for rather than just going out and blasting the shit out of yourself out of (laughs) of every single one. Because you were constantly in this cycle where you would like push the boundaries of every single session Yep. And that's and then, what like, I was three weeks pool. later. It was like, I'm injured. It's like, no, yeah. <laughs> I told you. <laughs> and that I think going back to swimming, I think that's part of why I never reached that potential is I never understood that. As I said, loved the grind. So I'd go out there and I'd crush every workout, even if that's not the way it was designed. Um, so really learning the importance of taking it easy and executing sessions 
how they're meant to be executed. And it's still a work in progress sometimes. Yeah. Um, but we're working on it. And I remember when I first started triathlon, I was convinced that I could not have a ride under a 20 mile per hour average. Like if I averaged right. under 20 miles per hour, then I was going to fail when it came to race day. Um, yeah. So and- to example that, <laughs> I would look in training peaks and her like first quote under post-activity comments would be like, I'm sorry, this sucked. And I was like, this was like a zone one endurance ride where you weren't supposed to do anything besides get out there and ride. And you went out there and were averaging 22 miles an hour. Come on. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Um, so I, <coughs> I love that triathlon gives me an opportunity to continue to grow in athletics and grow mentally and physically. And I just love this sport so much and I'm so happy that I got into it and happy that I had my mom to show me the doors of triathlon and what it could do for you. So, yeah, it's where like, so it's going to sound silly, but like, so I started where if you take you, um, as a blog, when I first kind of started this, this journey back in kind of 2013, 2014, um, where I, I started because I, I, wanted to one share the journey, but the name came from, I was out on a run one day, um, at like four in the morning. Cause this was when I was working, um, at eight and eight to seven to, I think I was working seven to five, um, at the time. And I had like an hour drive to where I needed to go. So to run, I had to run at like four in the morning and it was snowing. And <clears throat> I remember running and seeing my f- footprints and I was the only one with footprints like only if you could see my feet. And I just remember thinking, wow, like my feet have taken me some really cool places. And I was like, wow, okay. Well, that's what I'm going to call this journey. Like where my feet take me. And it became this like synonymous for me with exactly what you just said, this idea of like our feet and our bodies and our mind and our everything can take us on amazing journeys if we allow it. And it's, that's what it's about, right? It's just, finding that next piece and exploring it and seeing where, like seeing where your feet take you, um, not to be cliche. Um, but, and you know, that's where it came from. And it's for that exact reason. That's the whole mission of what where your feet take you is anyways, is this idea that everybody has passion, faith and strength within themselves. And it's, it's time to, it's a chance to explore it and to see what that's like and, you know, kind of go for it. Yeah. I think that is so much excitement in that journey, just being excited to see where your feet can take you because you don't really know. And I think the unknowns kind of fun to explore. It's And that's the best way to look at it. Most, too often we look at the unknown as something scary, right? We look at it as like, oh, I don't know if I can actually do that. Like, I don't know if I can actually qualify for Kona or sign up for that Ironman. But if you do, it's amazing what you can achieve. It is. And it's just embracing that journey and not being scared to go after it and um, chase that unknown, because that's where I think the fun is. That's where you're going to get the most exciting results is if you just put yourself out into that unknown. Kayla's currently having a coughing fit. I think yeah, she's I'm here. <laughs> And she's back to dying. Um, But yeah, I think if you can really learn how to embrace that unknown, that's where you're going to find the most success and where you're going to have the most fun in the sport. 
So Kayla, what got you? Into I had to go. Ki- I had to go kick my children out really quick. <laughs> <coughs> they they are a little loud, and it, while that is kind of what you experience in this life, um, they definitely make too much noise. <laughs> She's kicking them out again. <laughs> so Kayla, what yeah. got you into coaching? Uh, coaching. Well, I started coaching because one, I think it really had a lot to do with just really loving the sport <coughs> and wanting to kind of share it with other people. But I've always wanted to coach. Um, back when I was in high school, I remember driving home from, I think it was soccer or skiing or something that I was doing. And my mom and I were talking about like what we wanted to do. And I wanted to kind of one, I wanted, always want to start my own business. Like both my parents had their own business. Um, my mom was a registered nurse and had her own business. My dad was a contractor who had his own business. And I always liked that idea of being your own an entrepreneur and starting something for yourself. And I, I at the time when I was starting to make the decisions and what I was just like head over heels in love with the sport. And a lot of people had been reaching out to me to because I had had I had a lot of success pretty quickly. Um <coughs> with getting to Kona on my first try, uh, 70.3 world early, just doing really well. It was kind of on the top, top of the podium often, um, in almost all my races and people were started reaching out asking for advice. And I just wanted to, and I started wanting to share and I wanted to share more. And I was working at, in a manufacturing job. I was a program manager um, for a manufacturing company and I loved the job hated the job though at the same time it was like the most stress it was the most negative atmosphere that you can imagine being in like they publicly ranked you and like cussed you out if you did things badly in 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 meetings in front of everybody it was horrible people would cry and just just horrendous um and I was coming home crying and I was working like 60 hours a week and I came home one day and turned to my husband I said I can't do this anymore I'm going to start a coaching business. I'm going to start triathlon coaching. He goes, you're going to do what? <laughs> so yeah, I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to coach full time. He goes, so you're going to quit a job where you're one of the youngest program managers to be almost making six figures. I was like, I was thinking I was 25 at the time, 26 at the time. And I said, yeah, yeah, I'm going to do that. And he said, Okay okay, yeah, let's, we can do this. We're, we're financially okay ish. (laughs) And (coughs) I just, I believed I could do it. And I'm one of those people. I think, you know, you know me a little bit. You, I'm not afraid to dive in head first. I mean, we started this, I told you like, Hey, we're starting a podcast (laughs) and we're going to dive in and go do it. Go for it. I like to dive in and do it. And And I believed I could do it. I believed I was going to be a great coach. I believed in myself as an athlete. I believed in myself as a person. I believed in myself as a coach. I just knew I could do it. And I, I just grounded myself in that and used that as kind of my foundation and just dove in head first and started going, yep, I got my license. I started, I I read all the books. I took all the classes. I, I started learning and absorbing and then sharing my own experience as a coach, like to help me coach. And again, I fell in love with, coaching on top of it. And now that was about seven ish years ago now. And where if you take you as just grown and is amazing. And I coach the most amazing athletes 
that that from you know, I've got athletes that have never done triathlon before coming to me, coming to me and on the phone and saying, I signed up for Ironman Arizona. And I'm like, awesome. That's great. Well, tell me a little about yourself. Well, I don't know on a bike and I've never swam. Oh, okay. All right. Let's do this. This is February. Ironman Arizona is in November. We're going we got for time. it. You <laughs> <We> got time. <laughs> To athletes like yourself who are Kona, Kona qualifiers and world championship qualifiers. I think last, so last year, 2022, um, I had two athletes race at, at Kona who both did amazing. Um, I had six athletes race or, or qualified for 7.3 worlds and a bunch of people PRing or finishing their first Ironmans. And it's just so empowering and so satisfying. And um, even though I'm now into, you know, moved into the professional field, I'm, I'm not giving up the coaching because I love it. I think it's fun. So That's awesome. I mean, it's very clear that you love it. And I mean, I'm coached by you and I think you're phenomenal right. at it. So you bring great knowledge and support to the sport. Yeah, thank you. Uh, but it's also just that whole concept, again, like we talked about at the beginning, is fear of failure. Like, I just don't have a fear of failure. I mean, I do. Cause I do it and like this podcast scares the living daylights out of me because honestly, well, again, what if nobody listens to it yeah. <laughs> and they might, they might not, Yeah, but that's okay. I guarantee because... my mom will listen to it. So we've got one fan. Perfect. We got one. We can count <laughs> on one, <laughs> but I just, I don't have a fear of failure because if I fail, I fail. Who the fuck cares? Nobody, nobody actually cares if you fail besides you, Mm -hmm. but you can learn so much if you do fail and failure is awesome. My, one of the best things that ever happened to me was Kona 2017. I think I failed miserably because I did. I had one of the worst races. I mean, I've had worse races. Well, I don't know if I've had worse races. It was bad. It was a bad (laughs) race. I had a decent swim. I bonked hard on the bike mile 80 i was like where's get me off this thing like get me off this bike where's all the coke give me the coke give me all the coke you can get me and barely crawled my way crawled my way i was on the bike for about 35 minutes longer than anticipated and started the run and i mean even back then i'm was like a 315 marathon i was a 3 305 marathoner Woo! And I was running 11 minute miles. Like I have never wanted to quit so bad in my life. I was miserable. <clears throat> I wanted to, I think I walked a little bit and I, I was just slogging my way up the queen K. I was negative and cranky and I hated everything. And I got to the, at the time, now you go past, but at the time we turned into the energy lab a little sooner and my husband was at the corner of, uh, of the turning into the energy lab. And I was just like, this sucks. Everybody's gonna be disappointed in me. I suck. I'm not doing good. Nobody's going to believe in me and all these things. And I, he said, Kayla, nobody cares. Nobody is disappointed in you. Everybody just thinks it's awesome that you're out here and you're out here. You got yourself here. 
So basically he told me to get the fuck over it. Which is advice I've out. heard multiple times in the past. Yes, I think I've by the those way. words on you a couple of times. <laughs> and move on. Strap on a pair. And I, so I was like, okay, I'm just running through the energy lab. And it was like a big revelation for me. Like, yeah, you're right. I'm the only one that's disappointed. Nobody else is disappointed in me. They all love me. They all believe in me. And even if I end up walking this marathon, they're still going to believe in me. So I'm the only one that's upset right now. So instead of being upset, pick up your feet, pick up your head, start believing in yourself again. And it was amazing. I went from running running 11-minute miles to finishing out the rest of the run at like 8.15s. I, I was pretty like out of it. So 8.15s was about as all I could muster. But it was Still amazing what that did for me. Yeah. It, and I got done with the race and it was not a great race. I was way slower than anticipated. Um. But I got done with the race and I was like, all right, how do we get back? I need to get back here. We got to do that again. Because I just failed and now I want to fix it. I want to do it again. I want to potentially fail again because I want to learn more. And it was the best thing that ever happened to me. That failing was the best thing that ever happened to me because all of a sudden I, I just wanted more. So when you can take failure and look at it as wanting, now I want more. You eventually stop fearing it and Mm -hmm. you learn from it. That's the best way to approach it because everybody's going to have some fears, but the ones who are going to get the furthest are the ones that don't let it stop them from doing something and exploring themselves and overcoming that fear. Yeah. And it's, it's definitely a hard thing to kind of walk around, but it really kind of comes down to, again, like I mentioned to the beginning of this podcast, like really believing in yourself and just being really rooted in that and knowing that at the end of the day, even if you do fail and even if it doesn't go well, you are the one that's going to be able to put hold your head up and it's going to be okay because mm-hmm. you're the only person that matters at the end of the day. Exactly. So, um, now that I have, you know, shared my whole life story, um, we are, it is kind of the end of January. When this podcast comes out, it will be February, which means race season is coming up fast and furious. So where are you starting it this year? Oceanside 70.3. Yeah. I believe you're starting it at the same place. I am. So this will be my official race announcement. Um, I am starting at 70.3 Oceanside this year. So it'll be my third professional race, uh, but my first one in my 2023 rookie, official rookie season. Um, I'm excited. I've never raced it before. I haven't done Oceanside yet. Um, I always end up in Texas for some reason. Doing Texas 70.3, which I love. I wish there was a pro race there. I love that race. It's a great early season race. Um. Oceanside should be pretty. I think you'll enjoy it. 
I think so as well. It'll be a good one for you because you're a swim master and you got to swim in the ocean and go like through the waves and stuff. We'll see. We just talked about fear of failure. I definitely have a little bit of fear at Oceanside right now. I have not been able to get in as much work as I would have liked to this preseason, but I trust the process and trust where I'm headed and that I'll still be able to get after it. Just find joy in the journey. But what, even though you haven't gotten as much in as you've wanted, the stuff that you have gotten in has been better than it was last year. And so I think that's also something to remember. Yeah. Right. And like, I had a I had a very you, good run today, which makes me excited because I after St. George, I did take a good amount of time off running to deal with some injury stuff. Um, so I was very concerned that my running was going to go back to being trash. Um, so today, just to go at endurance pace, I was looking at training peaks and it was like one, I mean, it's the beginning of 2023. So everybody's getting those like medals next to their times right now. But it's always a nice thing. It's like, <laughs> Your fastest 10 miler, your fastest 5k. Let's just see what my 10k was when that wasn't even the goal of the run. And I felt as smooth as I did. I was like, okay, we're in a good place. And I'm starting to really write the things down that I'm happy about. So when I get to Oceanside and I have any of those doubts that I'm underprepared, I can look back at all the positive sessions I've had and the positive things I've done in the lead up. Yeah, that's a really good exercise to do. Because it's always a good reminder. It's so easy to first go to the negative things that we might be having and feeling. But it's really those positive things that are the key. Positive and productive are really powerful and really key. And I think, you know, for you especially, it's really also important to remember to look long-term, right? Mm-hmm. Oceanside's not yes. our a-, a race. We're training through. We're going to train through yeah. it, right? Yes. It's not your A race. It's not what you're, it's not the one that you're really focused on. And so the long-term goal is, you know, Coeur d'Alene and that's where we have to focus. Yep. And I'm so excited for that one. That's a good race for you. It's going to be a lot of climbing, which I definitely Uh work on the climbing aspect. I am probably one of the best people I know going down a hill. (laughs) <laughs> but going up it not as much well so that's good because there is a lot of fast downhills as well <laughs> <laughs> but gonna work a lot on that uphill this season uphill is <coughs> you're a very powerful rider so it shouldn't it won't be an issue yeah um but yeah just excited but, to get yeah. racing again i miss it yeah i know it's always amazing how like i this year was the first year i really needed a break after um, at the end of November, like I was just a really long season for me. Like I, so I had my second kid in July of 2021 and got right back into training, not because anybody forced me to, because I wanted to, it was 100% my choice. It was something I wanted. And I think that's important to know. Like a lot of times people are always like, don't get back into training in those pieces. But here's the thing. If you want it, go for it. That's what it's about. And I started my race season super right away. It was great. It was awesome. And then, um, got hit by a car like three months later, um, at Ironman Arizona and that derailed things. And then, you know, rehab from that and then got back into like a really busy 2022 season. But, and by the time I got to Ironman in Arizona, I had been sick for like two weeks 
so sick for two weeks and raced Ironman Arizona, which I don't necessarily recommend racing really sick, but I really wanted to race. <laughs> it was um, your pro first it was pro, pro Ironman, second yeah. pro race. Like I, unfortunately it meant when you race really sick, you end up, I just lost all my energy. Like I did really well for about miles 17. And then it was like, boom, your body is done. You have nothing left to give crawl yourself to the finish line. Um, but that's okay. But I've never wanted a break so badly. Um, but now it's like the end of January and I'm like, where's race season? Like, let's get there. Come on. <laughs> yeah. But I but think it's so really important cool anyway. to let us take breaks it when is. we need it. Because if you keep pushing through when you want a break, because you feel like you need to do that, <laughs> where you're going to lo- lose the love of the sport. As soon as the love's gone, like, then why are you doing it anymore? And I think it's important exactly. to keep doing other things so you continue to have that love because I think that's when you're going to get your best performances. Yep. Yeah, the postseason's a funky one because it's a very important season because you can make a lot of gains in the postseason. But what it requires is having really good communication with the coach that you're working with. Like I know for me, oftentimes what I give athletes during the postseason is I a minimum one day off a week. Um, oftentimes I'll give them like option days where I put in like two different or sometimes even three different sessions in there and say, you choose, which one do you feel like doing? So it gives them flexibility. Um, we keep sessions shorter, um, and just kind of give that space for flexibility and where you're still moving your body and you're still working on pieces that are going to help you to grow throughout the season but you're giving your mind, your body, and your soul a little bit of rest. Um, And I think that's, you know, that's really important. It's super important to do because the season's long. It starts early. Um, You know, you can easily start racing in March. We've got Challenge Miami is coming up in March, which is six weeks. I mean, Oceanside is eight weeks away. Um, (laughs) Crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And so the season's long. Um, and depending on, you know, what type, what type of racer and person you are, like, for me, I like to race. I race a lot. I do big chunks where I race like once a month or every twice a month, sometimes even for about three months. And then I take a break and then I do it again. Um, so I do a lot of racing. I think last year I raced nine times. Did I break nine? Wow. I think I hit nine races last year. Um, but I love it. So, you know, but season can be long. So it's important to take a little yeah. bit of a break, a little bit of a rest. And, yeah. Do the other things that you love to do. Uh, for me, for mm-hmm. instance, I like being social sometimes. And when it comes to the grind time, I don't go out. But preseason, like postseason, I do give myself a little time to go out, be 24, 25, have fun. Um, <laughs> go skiing, go mountain biking, do some other hobbies. Um, and then it really allows me to focus in when the time comes, when the most Mm -hmm. important weeks of training are to just really grind and be a hundred percent all in on triathlon. Yeah. And that's important to do. And that's where like, you know, I know for me as a coach, I make sure I have my athletes do that. And now you moving in as, as coaching, um, you've seen what the constant, constant grind of all every day with through swimming can do for you, do, do to you mentally. Like it burned you out. And (laughs) as coaches, we try really hard not to do that. And it just, it takes a lot of good communication with athletes and being willing, you know, willing to create 
flexibility for them. And for me, that's what I always try to do, just create flexibility for the athletes so that they have the space to have consistency still and continue to work on, you know, potential weaknesses, but still enjoy doing the things that they like to do. Skiing, hiking, doing mountain biking instead, and, you know, or gravel biking, you know, any of those pieces um, Mm -hmm. is definitely, yeah, very important. For me, it's kind of morphed to where now I take days off to spend time with my kids because during the heavy season, I, I make it a priority. Like for me, all of my training gets, I do it all during the day because they're in daycare. And I have like this extremely set, like three 30 or four, I'm done. I try very hard to not work, not train, which means that my days are crazy chaotic. Like they start at 5 AM and I'm doing something every minute of every hour. seems like until four, but I'm done at four. So I can hang with my kids. Um, but during the off season or post season, I do try to spend a lot more time with them just yeah, so that they can I enjoy think it more important. I just it really is. think it allows you to really focus when the time comes to focus. It does. And the cool thing is, is now that my kids are starting to get a little bit older, um, like Skylar's threes really like he set his bike up on books next to mine. Or he likes to come downstairs and like walk on the treadmill while I run or I ride. And they're, Baylor's still a little too young for it, but Skylar's starting to like really kind of want to be a part of it. And that's one of the reasons I never wanted to give up on it when I had kids is because I know that they're going to see eventually, you know, mom does these cool things. I want to do cool things too. Yeah. Even though, even if it is golf, which seems to be, he has such an impressive swing. Like every time I see him swing a club, I'm like, that kid is destined to make money in golf. (laughs) He like impresses Brandon and I all the time. We don't know where, like this kid plays golf every single day. He probably takes 200 to 500 strokes every single day in the back room. And his swing is amazing. And he loves it. Tiger Woods is his favorite, favorite golfer. And he like <laughs> wears his Tiger Woods shirt and like swings like Tiger Woods and <laughs> has a Tiger Woods celebration. Yep. <laughs> you know, pretends to call his friends Tiger Woods and Jordan Spieth. Don't we wish we were friends? <laughs> wish those were our friends. <laughs> That'd be cool friends to have. Yes, they would. <laughs> Maybe they could fly us on their private jet places. Yeah. Make it yeah. easier to get to races. But he apparently, lo- he seems to love it. And so he comes downstairs and like swings his baseball bat or golf club while I ride the bike. And it's chaotic and crazy. And there's usually balls flying past my head as I'm on the bike and somebody's screaming, somebody's running. And and I bet fun. you wouldn't have it any other way. Wouldn't have it any other way. Literally is the best. Never imagined this was my life. Like, I was the person I didn't want kids. Easily could have not had them. Uh, husband talked me into it. Got pregnant with our first. I had a really hard time during my have with my first. I actually think I probably had uh, prepartum depression. Really struggled. But then for me, once I had him, it was like instantaneous, almost instantaneous. It actually took me a minute. Um, but once it kind of came around, it was like. I'm supposed to be mom. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is who I'm supposed to be. 
literally the best thing that ever happened to me. I became a better person by and far. I am not a very emotional person. I am not a sentimental person at all. But my kids brought a different side out to the world. Like they have provided more passion, love, excitement. I smile way more. I laugh way harder. I'm quicker to do both of those things. I am more tired than I've ever been in my entire life. (laughs) (laughs) But they, yeah, it was amazing what it did for me. It was a big, big change for me. Um, Definitely made me a better person. So it's very, you know, it's the cliche thing that they say, but for me, it was a, it was a big, big change. So wouldn't have it any other way. They're currently, Brandon's keeping them occupied by, they're vacuuming. (laughs) Don't buy your kids toys. If you have kids and you're listening to this, don't buy them toys. Buy them vacuums. Just let them use the vacuum. They'll be entertained for hours. And then your house will be clean. Maybe. Kind of. (laughs) Maybe. Yeah. All right. Well, we're almost at an hour here. So hopefully everybody's enjoyed our rambling for the last hour. Um, But I enjoyed it. And since we're the ones recording it, as long as we're having fun, I think that's all that matters. Um, We will be recording these about once a week. So they'll be coming out. um, A goal to be uh, weekly. That's the goal. Um, and again, moving forward, we'd like to be able to answer your questions. So um, please email or not email. Sorry. Head over to where your feet take slash podcast. And you can submit your questions. Um, you can always find Aaron and I on Instagram. Uh, I Kayla am at where your feet take you. And Aaron is Aaron dot O L I. So the first three letters of my last name. <laughs> And you can always send us a few questions there if you need to. But the best place is, again, whereifyoutakeyou.com slash podcast. Thank you guys for listening to our crazy little show here. And hopefully we provided you some sort of entertainment and knowledge. Yes. And if even if you don't have a question, if there's a topic you want us to ramble about next, you can just put that in the forum too. So I can guarantee some rambling for you. Guarantee yeah. some rambling. At least yeah, you know it's authentic with our rambling. So <laughs> totally authentic, hundred percent oh. authentic. You—that's what you're gonna get with us. <laughs> Raw, <laughs> vulnerable, authentic. Probably a little bit sloppy, <coughs> with hopefully some laughs in between. So, Definitely. thank you guys again for joining, and we will see you next week, where I will be in sunny Arizona, enjoying the fact that it's not seven degrees outside. I think you're coming for a beautiful week, 70 every day. I think so. Yeah. It's looking like it's supposed to be nice. Excited to have you. I'm excited. Me too. So, all right. We'll see you all in a week. Bye, everybody.